Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360's Tennessee Power Hour is here. We're glad you're with us as we broadcast live from 6th and Peabody. The studio's here with Yeehaw and Old Smoky Moonshine. If you're watching on YouTube, we say thank you. We hope you'll subscribe to the Outkick 360 channel, and by doing so, you're automatically entered to win the Sony and Hertz Odyssey giveaway, Sony AX3000 car stereo system with Apple CarPlay, Sony creates and delivers more entertainment experiences to more people on Earth. And Hertz Audison's 520-watt amp and a 400-watt powered sub-box and the speaker system, all of this is over a $2,500 value. We're drawing the winner on August 31st. All you have to do is subscribe to the channel. We'll be drawing a winner from the channel, courtesy of Sony and Hertz Audison. Just search out OutKick360. Titans are preparing to head down to Tampa Bay as they'll have the joint practice tomorrow and on Thursday against the world champions uh, with Brady and Arians and everyone involved there in Tampa. This is something they had scheduled early in the offseason last year. And of course, uh, the, the COVID wiped out all of uh, uh, preseason schedule. Um, so the, the joint work did not happen uh, because of the NFL rules. They can do that now, and, and many teams are. So they, they're running it forward, running it back, so to speak, uh, with the Titans and Bucks in the joint practice work where both general managers uh, have a, a great history together in their scouting days uh, on their entry into the league. A lot of good work will happen at practice, which will lead to a lot of starters not playing on Saturday in the preseason game. Um, and Paul, this is valuable work for a team that can get some live reps if they so choose. It's very scripted, um, but ones against ones, great against great if they want to set it up that way. Yeah. And Bruce Arians, like you said yesterday, has already said he's not playing his guys on Saturday night, that he doesn't want them hitting, you know, three out of four days. So presumably Mike Vrabel follows suit. Uh, Taylor Lewan was remembering the other day, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, when the Bucks were here, um, putting him on a spin cycle, making him look bad um, in, in a practice, uh, practice rep. So uh, very interested to see. Obviously, the one-on-ones are the highlight. So Titans receivers going against Bucks defensive backs and vice versa. Um, Evans, Godwin, um, challenging the, the Titans' corners in a way that's beyond what we've seen. With A.J. Brown out there, some. Julio Jones out there, none. Um, a, a new level of challenge there. And then pass rush reps with, uh, you don't know how much Dupree will be involved there, but Landry will go. We'll see Weaver after that great game and what he can do against a, a, a good offensive line that protects Tom Brady on a regular basis. Basis. Brady, by the way, making those throws to the receivers, I should have mentioned. That's a, that's a bit of a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we'll see Titans offensive line, in, including Luan, see if he could do better against a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul. And we were talking earlier in our first hour about 
um, how bad that offensive line was for Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Well, that was partially a result of Tampa Bay's pass rush just bringing it, bringing it, bringing it. Titans are going to have a chance to see how they stand up against those guys in group pass rush stuff and an individual pass rush stuff very important reps well and and uh, there is talk about two rookies in pass rush for both teams of course Rashad Weaver for the Titans and then Joe Tryon who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selected 32nd overall with the final pick in the first round a lot of buzz uh, about there him. are a lot of buzz about him too in his first preseason performance so it'll be interesting to see and and follow those two young players work uh, in the joint practice sessions tomorrow and Thursday, and then presumably both will get a lot of work on Saturday. Uh, injury concerns for the Titans following last night's uh, practice, the open practice at Nissan Stadium. We'll get into a couple of thoughts on the actual practice itself coming up, but um, you've got Farley, M- Matthias uh, Farley, Crookshank, and uh, Brady Breeze, who did not practice earlier this week. Um, did not practice last night. Tedrick Thompson, who they just signed, was injured last night. He's now on injured reserve. All of these safeties, I should point out. Um, and then offensive line is banged up. We, we know that much. They've also placed uh, Trevin Coley, who, was, uh, who flashed some really nice work in the preseason game, left that game in the first quarter with what appeared to be a bad injury, had a, a, a I believe flew to D.C. or flew to the East Charlotte, Coast. Charlotte, I think. Charlotte. Robert Andrews. Uh, Robert Andrews assessed him. They've placed him on injury reserve today as well, and they've waived Paul Adams, a reserve offensive lineman. But the big concern is is on the injury front. They're really thin at safety depth, and they're thin on the offensive line. And so they're at 84. You and I were debating I the think number. They, they are. are. I confirmed okay. They're at 84, so they have a spot to add. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a safety again. They, they brought in uh, – Four safeties in the last four days, probably. They've yeah. lost at least one since then. Um, and they have a couple guys who are on the roster but not not playing right now in Breeze and Crookshank. And, and Farley. And Farley. Um, unless those guys are getting healthy to get through the game, they might need another. So uh, Titans are taking all the safeties that are out there and taking them away from the rest of the league. Uh, if somebody else has safety injury problems, there's a heck of a competition just to get bodies in here right now, which is an unfortunate position for them to be in. Um, and and I don't it, know how, you know, it, 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 they're not going to play starters, but they did roll out. And I, I, I don't know if we hit on this. Um, you know, I think five defensive starters played in Atlanta. I thought it was somewhat symbolic. You know, there weren't injured guys out there. But I thought, you know, hey, we're starting this third down thing anew. We're starting this pass rush thing anew. We're going to put uh, Byard and Hooker and Tart and uh, I'm not remembering the other Evans two. and Brown. Evans and Brown. There you go. Our starting inside linebackers. We're putting those guys out there. Kind of restart this thing with, with our top, top guys. Are we, uh, should we, should we start with positive or negative from last night, Chad, our observations of the open practice? I've got two players and each, uh, each player fits a different category. Everyone knows us and knows we like to end with the negative to leave that uh, taste in everyone's mouth. So let's start with the positive. Positive is Cam Batson, who gets another opportunity, both at wide receiver and now at kick returner um, because of Darrington Evans being banged up. Uh, I was noticing uh, him on kick returns last night. They didn't work it very much, but when they did, it was Cam Batson getting those opportunities. He had the touchdown grab uh, this past week in Atlanta, 
Uh, he's had a nice start to camp. He, he, he's a different sized receiver than anyone else they have available to them. Uh, brings a speed element. He's more physical than you may expect for a guy who's 5'8". All that being said, he's making the roster on special teams, and that's how he's done this if in the past. The roster, yeah, yeah if, he, if he's making the roster, that's how he's done it in the past uh, because he's more or less a uh, uh, gadget guy seems like a knock on him, but he's he's used two, three, four plays a game when he's active on offense. He's inserted in and quickly out. Also, Meanwhile, if he if he provides that return opportunity uh, and, and is able to make a splash this week in Tampa with Evans not available, this is how he, he makes the 53. He also caught the best thrown ball by Ryan Tannehill all night, right? That one up the right side that was perfectly placed over yeah, early Byard, in practice over yeah. Byard that just landed very softly very nicely in Cam Batson's arms he was good I thought Ferkser was good last night and Ferkser was a high volume guy last night we haven't heard that much about Ferkser not but in a while I think he spoke he was to the probably, media too didn't he he was probably the most targeted guy in that it was a game like setting last night mm-hmm. they were moving the ball regularly he was good last night the ball went to him Ficken was good last night uh, kicked a bunch and missed. Only, only missed one. He missed, oh, he missed one. one. Uh, there was some debate if it was 48 or 38. I think it was 48. But uh, struck the ball well consistently. What were the bad things? Uh, the, the negative for me was a bad drop by Josh Reynolds, but it's really the uh, hearing him discuss uh, what, what Paul was, yeah, was referencing quote. prior to the show today about uh, he's got the uh, Achilles issue that he says he's battling through that he's since suffered uh, after signing with the Titans. He's never had this issue in the past uh, and, and discussed just being and feeling a bit slower than what we may expect, which goes back to uh, something that A.J. Brown took exception to with Paul Koharski pointing out that uh, this guy did not look explosive. Turns out he admitted as much at the podium last night. Well, I mean, he should have been in the hospital on the day based on the reaction I got. That should have been in the hospital on that day. Started in Atlanta a few days later. Um, the thing that's disturbing is he said he's very much day to day and that he goes out and they basically assess how he feels on a given day early on and then they decide, well, you'll go forward or you won't. Vrabel said that's not that uncommon. I also think this it, is it was uncommon. very telling, Paul, that he played – this past week, because I mentioned last Friday during the show, I didn't. I thought maybe they would hold him back because of the the issues he's had during camp and the fact that oh, you know, it, Paul didn't point out that he's coming back from injury. Well, he they're they're making him not making him. They're pushing through with him. If if he's there, they're pushing through with him. He's practicing last night and then getting to the podium and saying he feels a bit slower than usual. He wasn't targeted in that. Right? Here's a, here's a concerning quote. As you get older, it gets a little harder to just get out there and run. Josh Reynolds is 26. (laughs) 26. Wow. As you get older. Now, that's a quote that you hear from 30, 32, 34-year-old skill guys, right? Sounds like Daryl Green. Yeah, they talk about getting creaky. If you're a 26-year-old receiver who just signed, yeah, it's a one-year contract. It's not a financially burdensome contract. They, they didn't put themselves in jeopardy with this guy by any means. No. But the guy played, he's coming off his first, he's coming off his rookie contract. He's having trouble running fast every day at 26. That's a little bit disconcerting. It's... Um it's something to follow. It's no panic flag. You know, we're not waving the flag and saying, you know, keep, a, keep an eye out for caution. 
with Josh Reynolds. Um, but this is now a recurring theme that we've heard about twice now every time he's talked. The first time, he's already said that the Titans have seen him at his best. And, and now he's talking about being slower than his best. Um, it's, it, it's, in, it's intriguing because they've had Adam Humphreys in the past be that third wide receiver. And Humphreys has been banged up, which takes away the third wide receiver element. I, we've pointed out over the last couple months, Josh Reynolds was effective when given an opportunity to move the sticks in L.A. Um, not many third down opportunities. I think 13 of 15 passes he caught on third down went for a first down. That's great. It's a very small sample size, but it's a, it's a layer to what they have not had. They've gone more too tight, I think in part because Adam Humphreys wasn't available. And they've relied more on Jonu Smith, which is great. Jonu Smith was ex extremely productive. I'd throw to Jonu Smith, too. I'd also throw to Adam Humphreys because he moved the sticks. Josh Reynolds did that in L.A. the majority of the time, over 50% conversion rate whenever he caught the football. He doesn't have to be a burner. He, there, he needs to be able to, to get open, and he needs the confidence that he's going to get open. I, I haven't seen anything from him that says, you know what, this is a good signing. This is, a, this is another layer to what they're going to do offensively. Um, didn't see it in the preseason game. He wasn't. You said he wasn't targeted. I know he didn't have a catch. He wasn't targeted. He um, or Johnson, both started. And then he's missed a, a portion of camp due to injury because he's been banged up. Now he's saying there's an Achilles issue. That's huge. That's huge to point out about a receiver that's the, the third receiver who Marcus Johnson's playing better than right now. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Marcus Johnson for the first quarter of practice is not being monitored, right? And Marcus Johnson on opening day, barring a new injury, is ready and able. So you don't have questions about Marcus Johnson. I don't know that based off what we've seen. And look, I think Josh Reynolds is a pretty good player who can get some separation despite the fact that he can't run away from people. That's kind of his skill is that he's able sure. to find ways to separate with some length, length yeah. to, to make some receptions downfield uh, that – you wouldn't normally get from a guy with his average speed. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think that Josh Reynolds has to be the guy that gets the third most snaps at wide receiver out of the gate if he's not physically able because other people are showing themselves to be able. Chad, this is also big because who knows what's going on really with Julio Jones, but – uh, we are assuming Julio Jones is ready week yeah, one. Okay? Which is we're, we're assuming that. Imagine if they did not have Julio and what we would be discussing today about Josh Reynolds, the number two option because in the now offense. now Marcus Johnson would be being talked about as the number two option. It goes from being hands down the best group of Titans receivers in their franchise history going into the season to the same question we had when Corey Davis left, which is who's going to help A.J. Brown? I mean, if Julio Jones has serious injury concerns and isn't ready for week one and Josh Reynolds has to wake up in the morning and stretch and find out if he can practice or not, then we're going to go back to exactly where we were earlier this offseason and saying, is anyone going to step up and do anything other than A.J. Brown? That's where we'll be. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, on, on the whole thing, I think we've kind of undersold the Julio Jones thing in that if you think about it and – we talk about his injuries last year and the little bit of risk that comes with him when you're trading for him. He's played in one team period for the Tennessee Titans during training camp, and he couldn't make it out of that team period. One team period. 
And really no update whatsoever on him. No, we have no idea what's wrong. He or, arrived at practice last long. night an hour after practice started. Got a to huge a ovation. Yeah. yeah. And understandably so. And it's early still in all and of he that. Should, yeah. But if he ends up missing something out of this, something significant out of this, a game, a snap, uh, whatever, he will have suffered an injury in one team period. And it goes back to a conversation we had last week. It's extremely important that this team starts fast like they did a year ago. And what we haven't seen is the full offensive group together. Uh, they're holding Derrick Henry back as they should. Uh, they're holding A.J. Brown back, who's coming off of a procedure with the knee, as they should. Julio Jones, as Paul just mentioned, has barely been available uh, and is coming off a, a, a year where he was injured as well with some top, uh, soft tissue problems. Uh, they're replacing Jonu Smith. There are elements to the offense that we have high faith in and high expectations for that we're not going to see until, until September 12th against the Arizona Cardinals. Here's a, let me ask are you they guys able this. to start as quickly as they were a year ago? They didn't have camp a year ago. They, had camp. they didn't have preseason a year ago either, and it's a bit paralysis by analysis here. I, I get it. But can they, can they jump out to the, the way they did it last year where Henry was averaging less than four yards per carry, but they found the distribution in the pass game. If they've got the full offensive uh, personnel ready for the full practice week for Arizona, you feel fine? Yes. Chad, yes. is that enough? With Yeah. I mean, if Julio Jones is playing, if he is eligible and playing in the game and physically ready to go, I'm fine. Because I trust him as a professional to be ready to go. It's not just him, though. If, if Swaim's back, if everybody's ready for the first practice that's an official Arizona practice. As long as they have their starting five offensive week, linemen as a part of this scenario. I feel fine. Because right now their backups are just not cutting it. I still think they could have all of those guys for that week and be a little offensively, I, I don't want to say rusty, but that's, that's the word, a little, a little off. Chad. Coming up, a discussion on a uh, Twitter thread that you've been combing through over the last five, ten minutes. Yeah, we received an interesting complaint from a Titan season ticket holder about the ticket process and the organization that we're going to read the messages. That he, this guy's asking for help, um, and we're going to read it, and I, I want to get your response to it, what you think about it, and what the solution should be. We'll discuss when we come back. It's all straight ahead. Outkick 360 rolls on, and we think Mack Weldon. They are joined up, partnered up with us as a great partner for Outkick 360. And look, Mack Weldon, they get it done. They, you can upgrade your style with the brand that's reinventing men's basics, Mack Weldon. And it's so much more than just underwear. Their full collection includes T-shirts, polos, button-ups, shorts, pants, swims, and much more. With light and breathable fabric technology, Mack Weldon keeps you cool and comfortable all summer and from work to working out happy hour to playing with your kids mac weldon has men's essentials for whatever your day includes i have the dry knit polo but chad there are plenty of options at MacWeldon.com. weather's going to be warm it's going to be time to get to the pool or get to the lake or get to the beach wherever you want to go for a while so you can dive into mac weldon's swim line with trunk and board short options that are quick to dry and have four-way stretch fabric and when you're not in the pool mac weldon's new maverick tech chino short 
Short and Radius Short are the perfect additions to your summer wardrobe. They'll keep you comfortable so you can confidently power through your most active days. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash OutKick360 and enter the promo code OutKick360. That's MacWeldon.com slash OutKick360, promo code OutKick360 for 20% off. Mac Weldon reinventing men's basics. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. A lot to get to over the final 30 minutes with the Tennessee Power Hour. You can join us as well in the chat on YouTube. Just search out Outkick 360. You can also tweet the show at Outkick 360. Interact on the Instagram page as well. Um, Chad, speaking of Twitter, uh, was this sent directly to us or is this something that was forwarded to you? Well, this was sent to a number of uh, media members and uh, stations and outlets that cover the Titans. And I don't know how many of them are going to dive into this, but we will because I think it's an interesting dilemma that Wes, who is a Titans season ticket holder or related to one, is in right now. I'm going to read this scenario to you guys. Okay. And feel free to give me, obviously, your honest opinion on what should happen and how this either is corrected or not. Um, Wes writes into us, this is a message, says, My father-in-law has been a PSL and season ticket holder for the Titans since day one of his time in Nashville. It's his Titans time in Nashville, mm-hmm. and he's sending this to the Titans also. Titans football is one of the true joys in his life, but it appears that may be coming to an end. He has received his physical season tickets every year but this season. He is being told, he is being told that this is not possible. He does not have a smartphone. He doesn't have access to an app to download electronic tickets, nor would he even know how to do so. Your customer service, talking to the Titans, has been a joke through various phone calls. You've been very less than helpful. This man has stood with you since the first day, through the good years, through the bad years, through a pandemic, and now you can't print and send physical tickets to a man whose name is on the PSL wall at the stadium. How do you treat your fans? It doesn't seem like you want to know I think it would be a good idea to print and get a valued customer like this as tickets. Please contact me for details. I trust your organization will make this right because you care about your fans. At least I'm hoping. Seems like a pretty simple solution to this. I can make sure that gets seen, and I'm sure they'll accommodate. There has to be a way for a, uh, someone without a me. phone option for tickets to get in the door. I mean, the Predators have been digital for like three years now and somehow people that have a ticket are able to get through the door with with a ticket i mean the age of paper tickets is over but i'm sure they'll accommodate somebody who's older and not technologically savvy in some way shape or form here's what i'd like to know when it's something like this and this kind of goes back to just service industry in general and people that answer the call or people that you talk to somewhere uh, you run this a lot sometimes with you know security at places, just common sense things, right? I've been told that no one can go into this area, so you cannot go into this area. But sir, my bag is right there. Can I walk over there and grab it and I'll leave? No, I, you cannot go past this point. Someone calls the Titans and says, my father-in-law does not own a cell phone or a smartphone. Can you please make it where we can print off a ticket and he can bring it to the game? He's been going since the Titans were in town. Sir, no, we cannot do that. We are digital only. We are paperless. This cannot happen. This You're is inviting a PR. This problem. is sort of the in line with the. Let's maybe take a beat 
and take a breath and ask, what's common sense here? There has to be a better way, right? Okay, I understand your problem. Let me talk to someone else and we can figure something out. I just want to hear more of, you know, we can figure something out. Then this is the policy. This is the hardline policy. And look, I'm not blaming whoever took the call because they may very well have been told, tell people it's ticketless or paperless. Tell people they have to have the app, they have to do this. That may be what they're being told. But in this scenario, if, and I'm assuming this gentleman's telling the truth, that he's tweeting the Titans and other media outlets along with us, he's calling people and the father-in-law is calling people and he's getting nowhere, so now he's taking it to the media. I, I mean, I, I don't see why they would not accommodate something like this They'll if given solve an it. opportunity. They'll solve it, but you're Especially right. Especially if they're the, a long-time season The initial over. contact person needs to do better and take it up the ladder. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Hey, let me have your name and number. I'll, uh, I'll talk to a boss, and uh, I, I'm sure they'll find a way to sort through it. Reed, any issues uh, from what you've gathered over the last few years? You're a season ticket holder for the Preds. I mean, they've been paperless now for, what, three seasons? I mean, they have, they have an option. Oh, so, I mean, that, to me, there has to be some type of option they there. They still print them at the box office. Oh, they'll still, uh, they'll still print them at the box office, Reed says. So, I, I, to me, it's a, it's a phone call away or, or uh, in Paul's case, an email away from getting it done. Yeah, send it over here, Chad. With, with all this. Uh, Paul, uh, your thoughts on the open practice last night for the team? We mentioned a couple things, but... Well, I mean, obviously it was scheduled at an odd hour. Five o'clock is a difficult time for people to get there who don't have the freedom to, uh, to leave work at their, on their own schedule as opposed to their office schedule. You'd be leaving the office at five, most people, at best, right. if you're in a downtown office anymore, which uh, you know, a lot of people aren't even. Um, and then there was a threat of weather. Um, and I think anybody who's experienced a weather delay or a lightning strike in the area uh, at a sporting event or at an outdoor concert doesn't want to willingly put themselves in that situation, especially for a practice, even if it's the only open practice mm -hmm. of the season. So uh, I can understand people not going. I think they had 67.95, something like that which isn't a, a very impressive showing, but I understand why people wouldn't be inclined to go. It's too bad it couldn't have been at a, at a better hour. I appreciate the Titans made an effort to have it at all, given that the Grand Prix and the Garth Brooks concert and everything kind of took away their, their prime times to get to the stadium and the construction at the building um, prohibits uh, prohibits it from happening this summer. So I understand that from a fan perspective. I thought they did a nice gesture. They can't sign at the rails right now for people, which is a highlight of a practice like this. Um, but they had many footballs pre-autographed and guys tossed those up, up, uh, up to the fans. And of course, made an emphasis to get them to the kids. On my Twitter timeline, you'll see Derek Henry winging them up there. You see uh, A.J. Brown signing his gloves and making sure to deliver them to some kids on his way off the field. So there was some of that interaction you seek. at, a, at Were there any grown like men uh, knocking kids out of the way to try to make the interception to get the autograph football? <laughs> because always, I would love to see a Rams-type uh, brawl if I saw that from someone. There always are. Um, but I, I think America is doing a better and better job of shaving, shaming those grown men into making sure that the little boys and girls get uh, get the prime souvenirs um I'm, I'm intrigued to see the interaction between Vrabel and, and Brady starting tomorrow there's always banter um 
Brady chirping at Vrabel as he comes onto the field, vice versa. Um, that's Trophy go- presentations that's in the That's going past. to be fun. That, that, that's going to be fun. Vrabel plays it off like he doesn't like it. Um, at least he does right after practice when the intensity is up a little bit. But it's, it's a blast to see. I can't wait for the video clips there uh, with all that going on. Um, one thing based on preseason week number one is what the NFL is emphasizing with officials on the new taunting rule. And there is an example of this. Uh, I'm trying to remember, Paul, the, the game. Colts, maybe? Colts, yeah. Colts and Panthers uh, at Indy on a, a handoff that goes for roughly 13, 14 yards. Nice little run. It's, it's an example of a run, and we'd show it if we were allowed to. It's a nice run where the running back carries a defense. Your typical, you're churning. plowing through, you're pulling like a tractor pull or a running back, churning through the last seven or eight yards of what was already a first down carry. And he gets up and flexes, Chad, as he stands up out of the pile Flexes with the football tucked underneath him like, bam, I just, I just drug all of you, right? Just kind of looking Real at quick, the last man half, that probably got him Half down. second long. And flicks the Flag. ball. Did Flag he flick the ball at him? I, it, he might have this, flicked the ball at him. Uh, he he yeah. just dropped it. I mean, no, there was, this was, it this was, was routine. This was a routine carry with a get up and, you know, exaggerate because you just pulled the defense with you. I mean, there was no, he wasn't flicking the ball at him. This was... This was benign. This was low-level taunting, and there was a flag uh, for a personal foul. If the NFL goes back to this, where the, the refs are now going to be judging taunting on that level, this is a huge failure on their behalf, on, on the league's level. I know Vrabel said he's all for it, and he's going to... Th- this goes beyond the, the scope of taunting to me. This, I hope- this is intensity. This is, to me, that's part of the game. What they do sometimes with these points of emphasis is overdo it in the preseason to kind of establish and remind everybody that it's out there. And then when the regular season comes, dial, they call it it, dial it back and call it at the regular level. I would hope this is an example of that. They don't want guys getting in other people's faces. They want to discourage you from talking to the opponent and encourage you to celebrate with the teammate. Thematically, that's not, that's not a bad thing if it's enforced correctly. Don't go over the top with this guy who was excited and turned and didn't really do it to an individual, did it to, to a group. Um, it, it didn't reach the threshold of no. taunting. But why is this a point of emphasis? I mean, I don't understand. Was this a problem? Or is the fact that no one can tell what the hell a catch is in your sport a problem? And that reviews sometimes are botched a problem. They could be worried about more than we, we one get, thing. But we get so hung up on, well, you know, this is something that we can really fix, even though we can't yeah, fix it was everything. A second and a half So or people two are seconds. angry about this, so now we're going to move on to this. Give me a break. Well, the, I've seen it. It's terrible. The, the half second is when he actually looks at the defense. The re, I mean, it's, um, it's so stupid on behalf of the official. Uh, after a run like that, and this is considered taunting in the Colts-Panthers game. If you haven't seen it, Google it. Uh, maybe we can link it on the YouTube page underneath uh, the description of this show as well. I don't have a but big problem with it thematically for the same reason that they do a lot of things. Kids well, model this, and I don't want kids taunting 
because it's, it doesn't set a good precedent. So I don't have a problem with them saying that if I score a touchdown and I hold the ball out in your face instead of going to my teammate to celebrate, I understand encouraging the one and discouraging the other. This didn't meet the threshold, clearly. You know, I, I long for the days of bat flips and celebrations in baseball. And in football, you don't have to moon the, 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 the fans like Randy Moss. I'm not saying we have to get back to that. Uh, which was also, I mean, it wasn't Joe Buck level appalling either. Um, my point is this: this is very routine. Very routine. This is this this makes it the no fun league again. When I see an example like this, and what I'm also not cool with is the league mid season. If we see a couple of these mid season, they'll just tone it back. They'll just they'll, just like they did with offensive holding. They, they just they scaled it back a little bit. Refs kept the flags in their pockets. This is ridiculous to emphasize certain things in the preseason only to not call it in the regular season. Be consistent with it. And to me, this is going above and beyond what the taunting rule is in, in place for. And it's also, Paul, it's not the NFL's responsibility to, to raise someone's kids in sports. I mean, if some kid is in a flag football game taunting the opponent because he saw it in a Madden game or he saw it on a Sunday, it's on the dad or the mom or the coach to tell him to stop doing it or he's not going to play. Of I course mean, it is, but it's an easy thing for the NFL to do that helps raise they're, – they're responsible for football. They consider themselves responsible for football. I don't have a problem with that. The highest level of a sport – Sets the tone for the behavior I just think it's, in that I think sport. it's silly to think that, you know, the responsible parents of America are getting together and petitioning the NFL that, you know, little Jimmy is taunting his opponent when he yeah. gets a big run because of your league and the example you're setting. I mean, they're not. It's a lot that's easier on, that's to parent your kid not to taunt if he's not watching his team do it on a, on a Sunday afternoon. It's Here's also another, easier to point to that as an example of we don't do that in Pee Wee. <laughs> These guys are paid professionals. You know, don't do it. I mean, well, there's not you a can lot also of it tell anyway. kids that. It's really, there's not a lot of it going on anyway to the level that we're, we had 20 years ago. Right. Well, I think you if know, you no look one's pulling at the, cell phone at out of the, the uh, Baltimore Titans thing with them being on the logo, which was not an issue at all that turned into a, a, a big thing, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a, a factor in their decision to do this. Well, no, no, it's not. I, I because think it's, it's, that, that's that's celebrating with the team they're not gesturing at the opponents well baltimore was gesturing at them when they did it well and it caused the brouhaha before the game to me that is a reason and a precedent to change the rules you know if uh someone doing a warm-up on someone's logo or celebrating is causing these pre-game incidents then stop it you know if it's to the point if one thing you can do in the league like you look at someone and put the ball in their face and that's causing a fight and it's happened multiple times, then cut that out. What I saw in that game and that is not causing oh, that's not doing the defense to fight the other team. So I, I just don't understand the emphasis with it. Again, if they want to make an emphasis of stay off the team's logo. If you're an opposing team, we've had too many instances where it's clearly a soft spot for the home team. Just don't do it because we don't want pregame issues. You know, we can sit here and debate whether or not that's being quote-unquote soft or whatever. <laughs> But at least it's causing a fight that they want to see stop. So then I understand it. Here's another thing the league's blowing, Hutton, while we're on this. Yeah. All 22 film. Game Pass is a service that a lot of people subscribe to that lets you go and look at. Access, well, first yeah. off, you can access other games. Mm-hmm. But the number one thing that it's purchased for is for people to be able to look at the all 22 film, the overhead shots 
from both uh, from the sideline and from the end zone view that coaches ultimately review. The coaches it's take film that lets you see the safeties. Yes, yes. Right, and then it ultimately zooms in on the play. It shows you the scoreboard view of the score you can follow and more the than time just the in the game. And um, you know, look, there was resistance. I remember talking to Jeff Fisher about this. There was resistance to allowing the public to see this film, but ultimately they found it. Of course, there was right, but right. ultimately they found it profitable i guess and it's also good for their game right there's a whole industry of people you and i'll go look at a couple plays sure. right if we want to angle on a play but there are people who re-watch the game and tell you stuff about and how is that bad for football it's not but we've also talked about them condensing the media stuff right and they want to be the media entity themselves the mm -hmm. league and the teams control the and message. have fewer people like me and like us um and so what are they doing now? And, and this thing is a clunky thing, by the way. They could have made it a lot easier. Once upon a time, it was easy. You could click on a play precisely and go to it. You could search a player. What have they done now? We I could, haven't seen We this could year. go search A.J. Brown and look at A.J. Brown's 11 targets very easily. They made it clunkier. All, all 22 is gone from this service right now. And they say, well, they're updating it and they haven't updated that. Well, what were you doing all off season? Were you unaware that September 12th is the first Sunday of the season? This is another one of those things. Like they're saying we may be able to re-add it a couple weeks into the season. So I, look, I get it for free, right? We, as a member of the Pro Football Writers Association, Same, you get yeah. it for free. But these other people who pay for it, you're gonna buy the service and wait for a random date at which the all 22 is gonna become available? This, to me, they're making sound like it's some kind of technical thing with them. I don't buy it for a second. I think you're taking it away. I think you're taking it away like you're taking away increased access, like you're taking things away because you want it for yourselves and you don't want other people to have it. Doesn't it kind of, it almost is an insult. They're insulting their own profession. If coaches or anyone in a, in a foot, professional football organization is going to make the argument that, this all 22 insight that we have cannot be shared with the public because if the public gets a hold of it, they're going to tip some things off or the public has paid, had it for some time. You're paid yeah, they, so much money. This is nothing new. Well, then what, why take it away? I, I mean, I don't understand what their excuse would be. that there's some kind of technological revamp going on that renders them incapable of offering it for some time. Some people should be fired over the timing of that thing. I mean, this is the NFL we're talking about. This isn't junior league hockey, right? Well, I mean, what is that? It's, yeah, uh, right there are now people they have on my the full game or the condensed game. Yeah. You can watch a game at about 24, Who wants to go rewatch uh, the regular game? <laughs> I mean, I've got that on my DVR. I'm just trying to figure out what the reason would be. What, uh, I'm thinking nefarious. Right? I'm, a, I'm prone to think nefarious. And the well, reason would, will be because their film people can look at it and write pieces about film review that other people can't write So anymore. it's more anti-media than people is. are going to get some sort of advantage because they're going to see things and write about things. And they want the lead to control the message about what they're seeing in the All-22? I think they want the lead to go back to controlling the All-22 film. I don't think, film. I don't th I don't think it's about the, the fans getting access to the All-22. I mean... The, the, well, then the casual really fan doesn't know what they're seeing with, you know, too high safety look or, no, no. you know, but a these, two or three point stance. But this cottage industry of film analysts, some of whom are very good. I mean, football outsiders can't look at all 22 film now. 
Chris Collinsworth owns PFF. They can't look at all 22 film now. Their grading system's gonna go to hell. Well, what sucks is the, the Collinsworths of the world get access to the all 22 through, right, they're not through supposed teams. to share it internally. But, but they'll get it, a pass. Former coaches and players get access to this. Yeah, so some of those guys, his value I know shoots because up. sometimes uh, I, I'm- uh, You've got Watching with a former I'm, coach or player? Not watching with, uh, but there have been a, Former play, there's been a former player that's given me a, a game or two, yeah. To check this out. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't understand how you're going backwards on that instead of forwards. And if it's a timing glitch, then it's, it's really bad. Yeah, maybe they were sabotaged. And talking about that, I'll, I'll go all the way back to <laughs> Snaps. China. I'll go all the way They're back the root to, of everything. I'll go all the way back to Snaps. I think it was the Ravens, maybe. I don't know who it was, but it was another team that put Snaps in their press release. And I said, the Titans, why don't we put snaps? I said, the Fisher, why can't we get snaps? Because I don't want to give you snaps. These other teams, I go, you think the other teams are unaware of how many snaps your guys are playing? And he said, I don't know if they are or they aren't. But if they aren't, I'm not giving it to them. Uh, the Washington football team, they have uh, said that they've narrowed their nickname list down to three names, but they're not telling us or telling the public which names they've narrowed it to. So... I guess there's a story there. Though there seems to be a list of seven or eight names that they think those three names are from. <laughs> I love how they've made a headline out of no headline. But we, we've seen the list of seven or eight names, you know, the presidents, uh, admirals. I'm, I'm making up some other ones now. Um, and and th now, that you know, oh, here they are. The Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Hogs, Red Wolves, Washington football team. Red Wolves. And what, what they have narrowed it to is roughly, what, three? Three of those. And that's the headline. Is that they, you know what? They've narrowed it to three. But we're not going to tell you but which we're three. we're not going to tell you which three. I hope one of the three is Washington football team because as sad of a, of a name that is, that's the best option of all <laughs> of, of all those. these. Just keep it the same. Be the only one that's the Washington football team. So the video no they nickname. put out includes logos for some of these ideas. Um one of which is horrible. One of the animal ones is horrible. But it's got like a family in the stadium watching the, you know, the logo with the name on the scoreboard reacting to it. Now I was watching it with no sound, so I don't know how they were. Right. They could have yeah. said, that sucks. <laughs> uh, I don't know that they're putting that in the video. I don't know. It is Washington we're talking about. So the, the Washington presidents is a W and the stem in the W is the Washington Monument. Okay. I, I'd love to see the logos with this. And, and look, a lot of this comes down to what the league would like to market too. I mean, just learning about the Titans, history of the Titans name and what the league did. NFL properties were very They're very influential in uh, on name transitions and new names and nicknames and everything else that goes along with the marketing aspect of it. Um, very influential with the Outkick 360 parlay is our production assistant, Dylan Taylor. He had a winner last night. He has a winner for you tonight as well on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Outkick 360's Daily Parlay. We won some money last night. Time to lay five on the table and make it rain again this evening in Major League Baseball. Dylan Taylor, our production assistant, gave us a winner. He keeps the parlay for today. Let's find out where he's going. We, he's going some money line options. Toronto Blue Jays money line, Angels and Twins money line on both games there. Plus over seven and a half total runs as the Braves take on the Marlins. I feel like the Braves, just glancing at scores last night, had over seven and a half uh, very early on. 
Braves had a night. big inning, uh, inning where they, they, uh, the Marlins brought in someone out of their bullpen, and that guy could not get an out. And uh, Freddie Freeman had a three-run homer in that inning, so Braves won 12-2. If you want to make a live in-game play right now, if you're watching live, the Red Sox and the Yankees are currently playing. It is 2-0 Yankees boy. in the third, and I just bet the Red Sox to win on the money line. Incorrect. Plus 350. Is this a doubleheader? Is this a yeah, seven-inning game? seven-inning games today. We need to be careful on that. If it's a seven-inning game, this game's almost over. This game's yeah. almost over. And they're about 30 minutes from the finish. <laughs> I predict at the end of the day, the Yankees will own that wild card Do you guys spot. get the sense that in those seven-inning doubleheaders – those players really just don't want to be there and want the game over quickly. I, I see more one and two to nothing games. Yankees want to be in those games. Team. It's like, all right, whoever scores first, we're just going to go through the motions the rest of the time and get to these seven innings and get to game number two. That's what I feel like every afternoon game turns into. Is it a day it's night? It's one or two to nothing. Yeah, they're playing it's tonight too, days. I believe, so based if it's on day the night, schedule. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I'd rather play a little bit longer than sit in a clubhouse for six hours. I'd rather just have a full game. Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> you know, that, that too. Uh, Chad, what, before we get to some Vols headlines, a quick reminder, first time users, FanDuel.com slash OK360. You see the link on the screen, FanDuel.com slash OK360. First time users, up to $1,000 bet, your first bet, risk-free with FanDuel.com. You can get up to $1,000 back in site credit if you lose. And if you win, you keep the cash in your account, FanDuel.com slash OK360. What's going on at uh, Tennessee Volunteers football practice? What are some news and notes from Josh Heupel's group this morning? Well, so they had their second scrimmage today, and they did it in the rain. Uh, Josh Heupel was complimentary of his team uh, playing in the rain today. And he said, look, we're probably going to play in rain at some point in the season. So good to have that experience. Uh, biggest note is that Brian Maurer has uh, missed these, his sixth consecutive practice, and Josh Heupel says there's no update on Brian Maurer. Um, I don't know what that means. Can he still come back to the team? He hasn't entered the transfer portal. Can he just take a month off and then rejoin the team at some point? Not sure, but he says there's no update on Brian Maurer and what he's going to do. Uh, Heupel said that the offense was more efficient getting lined up quickly from play to play. Uh, And he said depth is much better than where it was in the spring with this team. Tackling was good for the most part defensively, and he went out of his way to compliment Darnell Wright at tackle, saying he continues to impress and has tremendous upside and is only going to get better. So obviously the media not there to watch the scrimmages, but those were the notes from Josh Heupel. I think you know, the strangest thing is, is Brian Maurer, and I know Austin Price alluded to this. He had that long Instagram post about his mental health and how he contemplated suicide before in his past. So I can understand how Tennessee maybe wants to be a little more delicate than they would with most players and not just say, you know, crap or get off the pot. Mm-hmm. If you're going to leave the team or not, you can't just sit out in limbo and not come to practice. And maybe that's part of what's fueling them right now. But either way, Brian Maurer not practicing, but also not officially off the team. That said, can't let it linger forever. I agree. No, I mean, it's, it's, and you can't do this every uh, – it's not happening on a routine basis. But, that's impressive. Uh, he's a very open and forthright and honest player with his emotions on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so if you're keeping him around as a fourth-string quarterback, you don't want this popping up in October. 
right? So Austin also said in the VolQuest Power Hour last week, like, it's one thing to do it now. It's another thing to hurt the team and become a distraction once we get into the season as a coach and the mentality there. So you have to have some type of understanding, regardless of what's going on behind the scenes, that if you're here, you're in, you're invested. And if you're out, GTFO, it's one or the other. And it's, it's one of those hard lessons. That's what it comes down to. It's time to GTFO. I mean, this would not be allowed on most high school teams. Right. And uh, look, I mean, you can – I get the time and era we live in and everything else, but you could say mental health about anything, and you could get away with a lot, regardless if you have mental health issues. I'm not saying that Brian Maurer's lying about mental health issues, but you can't just hold a team hostage. Well, they didn't – And not not have a a definitive answer one way or the other – and I'm in line with you, Hutton. If you're Josh Hopp, you have to go to the kid and say, look, man, do you want to be around? I mean, if you want to transfer, we'll help you. It's interesting. Uh, we'll reach out to other coaches. We'll were... do whatever. But you've got to make a decision yes. and put a timeline on it. Either you're going to come back to practice and you're going to not be a distraction when you're fourth string, which is going to happen, which you've already been told. You're, you're getting fourth string reps. And that's the point, And if right? you don't want to be here, then go somewhere else and play this and we'll help you. came after the fourth string announcement. That, I mean, that, that's the point of this. And if they were worried about uh, becoming a distraction, why make it public that you have the depth chart that's for I don't know. It's, it's worth further discussion, and it's a, it's a daily topic until something is addressed about it with Maurer on the roster or not. And, and we've said we're perf- perfectly fine with them keeping Maurer on the roster, but right now there's no update either way. And also, uh, for all we know right now, he's not a distraction. You know, I don't know how much pull right. he has in that locker right. room. He's not tweeting or posting on Instagram with anything else. So exactly. right now him being in limbo may not be a big deal to them at all. Paul, right. you were headed to Tampa. I am. Uh, may your gates stay on time. Yeah, that's the big concern, right? Masking up and getting on a flight that shouldn't be that long <laughs> that hopefully will uh, go from the gate to the air to the gate. <laughs> Paul will join us tomorrow from Tampa Bay, as the Bucks and Titans have a joint practice, we'll get uh, complete analysis and breakdowns of the Titans and Bucks, Brady and Vrabel, and everything in between. NFL news as we head off, the Seahawks have agreed to terms on a four-year, $70 million extension. Never know what the money's really like with safety Jamal Adams. That trade wasn't looking so good for them. It's looking better now. When you trade what they traded... You have to pay the money to keep the talent that you acquired. The Seahawks do that with Jamal Adams and this announcement. Back at it tomorrow on OutKick 360. Talk to you from Florida, where I will not block the box and I will lock the locks. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.